0: Uncover from CBC Podcasts is your source for exceptional storytelling and groundbreaking journalism. Unveil the shocking secrets of one of Canada's most prolific fashion moguls. He far exceeds Jeffrey Epstein. He far exceeds Bill Cosby. And dive into the unsolved murders of two Canadian
1: billionaires.
0: This is a perfect storm of conspiracy theory. It's got all the ingredients, none of the answers. With new episodes released weekly, you'll hear the very best in award winning true crime. Listen to Uncover wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC podcast. I don't know about you, but I've been partying a lot this summer and almost every party I've gone to at some point has sounded like this. Afrobeats has been dominating the charts, TikTok, clubs and stages around the world the last few years, but 2022 might be its biggest year yet. In March, Billboard launched a US-based Afrobeats chart Artists like Burnaboy, WizKid, and Thames are winning big at the Grammys and BET Awards. And Afro Nation, which is happening in Portugal this weekend, is now one of the biggest music festivals around. These artists have only recently become household names in the West, but the African diaspora has been pushing this genre forward for the last two decades. And to them, the music's always been about feeling connected to home. Earlier this year, my guest Christian Adolfo wrote the first book on the genre called a quick tang on afrobeats. He's on the show this week and we're going to talk about how we got here and what this moment means for the emerging power of the African diaspora. And you'll hear from Guilty Beats. He's a Ghanaian DJ and one of the biggest producers in the game. I'm Tamara Kandacher and you're listening to Nothing Is Foreign. So Christian lives in London, which has a huge African diaspora. He's called the city a kind of finishing school for Afrobeats artists. And I asked him what it's been like to go out in London recently.
2: Undescribable. For instance, this past weekend, I just went to see the producer called Jules. He had a residency here at the Jazz Cafe in Camden in North London for the whole month. Oh And the last one just finished, it was like a Ghana dedicated night, but he still played Afro from Nigeria as well. But to be in that room, and just like, see everyone who is either a DJ, a producer, an MC, or just a fan. When all these songs were being played, everybody was singing back. The DJs were just like closing their eyes, taking the music in. The sweat was dripping off the walls and stuff. People were slamming the walls, just in appreciation. In Ghana, Ghanaian culture, like, show appreciation, you wave like a, a white handkerchief, and people were like waving their white handkerchiefs, and people were jumping up and down. And, you know, there wasn't any animosity. Everyone was in good vibes, and I think that's what this whole music and this whole movement makes you feel like. It's just really positive. I think that's that kind of energy you want to take into your own normal life on a day-to-day and having this music definitely is that soundtrack towards everything.
0: I wish I was in that room. That sounds like life-affirming.
2: Yes, yeah, proper spiritual energies.
0: If you had to describe the moment that Afrobeats is having right now, what would you say?
2: I would say that it's, it's, it's something that's been building for the last 10 to 15 years. I think we're probably at the stage now where artists are going to move into being more experimental with the form. I think a lot of the artists have, you know, the early stage where you're kind of dipping your toes in the water to seeing if there's a response or if there's a market for it. And there has been. Having Spotify, um, Apple Music, YouTube, etc. It's really allowed a lot of the singles to travel so much farther than they would have done. The stage we're at now to have, you know, different festivals just curating purely that music. Like it's amazing because you can see the diversity, and the nuances and everyone is from their particular country repping that shows you how kind of vast the continent is, but also even more bigger the, the wider diaspora of fans are.
0: So Afrobeats has taken over airwaves and clubs globally. You mentioned festivals, but the genre has obviously been around and evolving for a long time on the continent and this has been a long time coming. So can we go back in time for a second and just talk about the origin story of Afrobeats? The other genre that people kind of associate with Afrobeats is Afrobeat, which was around before Afrobeats became a thing. And, and I wonder if you can talk about the difference between the two and like, what was Afrobeat and how is it different from what we now know as Afrobeats?
2: So Afrobeat was inspired by Ghanaian High Life. Afrobeat is a obviously incubated in, in Nigeria, popularized by the late, great Falakuti in the late um, 60s, early 70s, very inspired by a lot of soul, a lot of funk, um, and blues to a certain extent, big band, brass instruments, drumming as well, which naturally with the kind of African polyrhythms, it lifts it into a very more spiritual kind of realm. There's a lot of social commentary within the music, talking to power, especially in in a kind of colonial or post-colonial context, and you have those conversations where if he's on stage, it's like a call and response, so you almost feel involved within the music, you have a role to play within it.
0: Fela Kuti was a legend, and he continued inspiring Nigerian artists long after he died in the late 90s. But the music that started to emerge in the early 2000s, it sounded different. You'd still hear the highlife horns and the local instruments of Afrobeat, but it borrowed from the sounds of reggae, hip-hop, and R&B. And the songs were shorter, less political.
1: It's different. I feel like the music is different and it's spiritual.
0: This is Guilty Beats. He's a Ghanaian DJ and producer who's worked with everyone from WizKid to Beyonce. He doesn't love the term Afrobeats, which is sometimes used as a catch-all descriptor for music with African roots or just music made by African artists. Guilty prefers the term Afrofusion to describe the music that's broken through in the West.
1: You are fusing Afrobeats with elements of the world minimal elements, open, like it's not too complicated for people to understand. And the music is all about like happiness, it makes you happy, you know, it doesn't make you feel heartbroken, it doesn't make you feel like sad, it makes you feel like, ah, oh, I appreciate life, I just want to be free, I just want to enjoy life.
0: Since the early 2000s, the music's grown and evolved with the help of African immigrants in the UK. The British Ghanaian DJ Abranti is usually credited with calling these West African records that they were asking to hear and that he was playing at shows and on air Afro Beats. I
2: would say it's probably incubated within Ghana and Nigeria primarily. And artists from these two countries, obviously, when you think about time zones and having proximity to maybe a more Western receptive audience. London plays a big role in that kind of triumvirate of like Accra Lagos in London, where a lot of the artists began to build a rapport with the migrant communities that were here and were coming to like throw shows that were maybe like at first maybe university rave style ones where you're probably getting maybe like three, four hundred tops. And then when those graduates leave uni and they obviously got more disposable income, because they built that bond, Whiskey can go to the O2 and sell it out like three nights in a row because everyone's seen that, that graft, that journey, and really found themselves attached to the artistry and the, the person behind the music. So since the
0: sort of early two thousands Who do you think are the artists or the projects or songs that have helped propel Afrobeats to where it is now with people around the world listening to it? I know it's kind of a hard question to answer, but I wonder if there are moments in time that come to mind for you right away when I ask that question.
2: Magic Systems, Premigau. As soon as you hear that kind of song, that's an immediate party classic and party style that a lot of people resonate and, and jump on with. The band's Oliver Twist, it's quite a big one. Obviously the Kanye West kind of co signed at the time. And it really gave a new kind of um, quality in terms of the level of production and being associated with such a a massive figure from the African American hip hop world. I say Drake, one dance because you got DJ mafariza who's a producer on that track as well from South Africa. He brings that kind of housey bounce to it as well. But then on top of that, obviously you got Wizkid, and that broke like innumerable streaming records when that came out. just having a, the blend of dancehall sensibilities alongside Afrobeats, alongside UK Funky. It felt like really the Black Atlantic from the Caribbean to West Africa to migrant communities all solidified on one track. It's a big kind of crossover hit. Burner Boys, "Yay," yeah, that's a massive one. Watching that, especially this past weekend, when that be performance and him getting all the singers to stop singing and he was just, like, going at it. It shows you how much he embraces the journey he's been on and how deeply connected he is to his roots and how he wants to show Nigeria to the world. Essence, I say. Some people controversially say, even though it's, it's a Whisked name on a song, I feel like it's a Tem song because she sings, and like that hook is just like instantly recognisable as a R and B love song. Only
1: you feel on my body. Only you feel on my body.
2: second. Whole cavalry of different milestones and, and artists that really have provided these moments to push the scene forward. Yeah. How do you forget your favorite person in the world? 30 years ago, my 14 year old brother was killed by a speeding police car. And just a week or two after he died, I started to forget him. But what if I could get my memories back? I'm Alex McKinnon, and Sorry About the Kid is a new four part series about what happens when trauma and memory collide.
0: It felt like something was being torn out of my brain. Just somebody just tore a piece of flesh out.
2: Sorry About The Kid is available now on CBC Listen and everywhere you get your podcasts.
0: So I think musically, the appeal of Afrobeats is really obvious. As soon as you hear a lot of these songs, you want to sing along, you want to dance. What's been driving this explosion beyond just the appeal of the music, like what's been happening in Africa and across the diaspora culturally and politically as Afrobeats is taking over?
2: I think it's the ownership of a narrative with regard to Africa in general. When I was growing up and I used to go to Ghana, there was always this kind of perception with us as young kids that we don't have respect for the culture back home as much as such, or we're not proud of it. Obviously, being here, you didn't see many positive role models on traditional kind of news channels or outlets. so. Now, I think the internet is that great common denominator where we're really having those conversations nearly every day with people that are out there on the continent. So we're always checking to see what's popping or what's developing when it comes to fashion as well as the music side.
0: So artists and people who've been watching the industry say a lot of this has to do with the growing number of Africans in the diaspora. For example, between 2000 and 2015, the African immigrant population in the US more than doubled and Nigerians made up the biggest share of that population. The world's major record labels also seem to recognize the untapped business potential of Africa. In just 30 years, the US will be overtaken by Nigeria to become the world's third most populated country behind China and India. Africa has the youngest population in the world. By 2050, Nigeria is gonna be among the world's top 10 economies. That's why labels have been signing artists and expanding their operations on the continent. And a lot of people have been leaving, but they've also been making regular trips back home, especially in November and December for a month of parties and shows.
1: Welcome to Lagos.
0: I landed in Lagos, stayed here for a day, linked up with my bro before he left back to America. Then I flew to
2: Abuja, chilled with the fam, got my hair braided. So, almost 6
1: a.m. In here. Crazy. We're
0: still here, guys. December. In a crowd.
2: And those are becoming like a hotspot in a way, these kind of destinations. Yeah. A lot of people who might have gone to Ghana, Nigeria with their parents when they were younger and probably didn't understand why they we're going for like six weeks. Now you're going because you know the spots your peers will go to. So it's like twofold there's an entertainment side, but there's a historical side in which you want to actually learn about where you've come from on your own terms as opposed to it being projected onto you. So I think that's what's kind of really helped drive and what's really beautiful about uncovering your own history with people around you going through that kind of same experience. It's sometimes it's kind of hard to put into words. But when you're out there and you, you have these kind of conversations, it's those kind of unspoken things that really provide that glue for you to, to be in that setting.
0: And this seems to be happening beyond first generation immigrants too. There's more interest in Africa from African Americans who are trying to learn more about their roots and where they came from. In 2019, I know Ghana hosted the Year of Return and it was this year of events and shows that was supposed to get young people to engage with their african roots i never thought i would make this trip never never my sister and i are the first generation to make it
1: here and it's just it's just truly amazing
0: truly amazing for angela and her sister the trip to the castle and its dungeons holds a special meaning. They recently took a DNA test and discovered that they are of Ghanaian heritage, meaning their ancestors may have been held in these cells. Do you think that new sort of interest in Africa that's coming from black people beyond just first and second generation immigrants, do you think that is also playing a big role in this crossover?
2: Yeah, I think it's a big one. The Lion King remake. That's a very Disney way of projecting Africa. And then before that, you've also got Black Panther with Wakanda as well. Having those two films and the kind of soundtracks around them where you have different people from the continent on them, obviously builds that rapport even more. It aligns back to this tradition called Sankofa in Ghana. Sankofa means to go back and get it. So it's this idea that you have to go back home you have to understand and learn about your history. You have to take an interest in your roots. And it allows you, when you're on the soil there, to feel like, oh, I've been here before. But you feel like there's a sense of home. And that definitely has driven, from the Af- African-American angle, I, I feel like, a lot of people to, to go back in and explore.
0: Said, find your way back. Big, big world, but you got it, baby. Find your way back back. Beyoncé called her Lion King soundtrack a love letter to Africa.
1: We spoke just a little bit about it and her goal was to connect back to the motherland.
0: Guilty Beats worked with Beyoncé on the album, which features artists from across West Africa. He has production credits on tracks like Already, Keys to the Kingdom, and Find Your Way Back.
1: The only way to push the music from Africa is by bringing Africans along. And she nailed it. Yeah. Know, she went for it, and like, she went straight. She came down Ghana, Nigeria. She went like east, everywhere.
0: And I know you had this dinner with her where she talked to you about her own ancestry, right?
1: Yeah. She did a test or something like that, and I think part of her percentage was from Congo. And I was like, wow. Like, that just shows you that no matter where you're from, you are connected to the motherland.
0: Did she seem excited about that? Did it feel like this was about connecting to her homeland?
1: Yeah, she was really, 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 really excited about that. Yeah, to connect with people from, you know, the motherland. And I was like, oh, damn, that's great.
0: Do you think that speaks to something that's been happening across the diaspora more broadly that's been driving this?
1: Yeah, and this this actually started when we started listening to uh own music and people from diaspora, when they travel, when they come home and they go back and they're like, wow, this reminds me of when I went to, this reminds me of when I went to, and they're like, they're trying to invite their friends back, you know, come to Ghana or come to Nigeria, come and see how it is about the just so it's like, yo, listen to this song, this song is from Ghana, listen to this song, this one is from Nigeria. Doing that and bringing their friends to African parties also helps, so... I believe that the diaspora has really taking it in.
0: Is this something that you think about as a producer when you're making music?
1: Yeah, I've always been an advocate for bridging the world gap, taking things from different parts of the world and just putting them together. I think about, okay, how would someone in Korea understand this? If they haven't heard African music before, how would they understand this sound? I think one song is Georgia Smith, All of This. It's basically a fusion of like pop chords with Afro house drums and our piano elements bringing like a mainstream pop chords with, you know, Georgia's flavor. And I'm a piano and Afro house together. So. Music will keep growing. There's new generations coming up and they bend to their own rules and they're like, we're not just going to listen to only this music from my country. I'm going to open up myself to different kind of music. Mm. And if you look at video clips that are being shot from like Africa... You realize that when people watch, because it's like, it's something new to them. It's fresh and like, yo, I want to be cool like this. I want to have this. Well, I like what they wear." in Do you understand? Because they've opened up themselves.
0: Where do you see the genre or even your own music going from here?
1: And when I say huge, like everyone, and when I say everyone in the world, they're, they're going to know the music. It's going to be a movement. And people will start dressing like they're from the motherland. Trust me, people are gonna be wearing beads instead of chains. Like, just it's gonna, it's gonna shift. It's gonna be very, very, very huge.
0: So, we may not be at the peak yet, but what Guilty is talking about is already happening. Earlier this year, Burna Boy became the first Nigerian artist to play Madison Square Garden. Afrobeats artists dominated the BET Awards earlier this week. Calm Down by Rema is one of the most Shazam songs in the world right now. And TikTok is flooded with people from all over the world doing the dance challenge. Here's Christian again.
2: Recognition and cosigns definitely do help the antenna for a lot of these label execs or big kind of corps to know that there is value in it. Previously... This is the kind of music that which would be kind of lumped into like a world music category. And it does it a massive disservice in any other country that gets put into that box. The charts have been a good um, addition. In the UK, we have one that started um, last year. The Billboard one that started recently. And it just keeps you, keeps your ears to the ground of obviously the established artists, but also who's coming through that you need to keep your eye on, because at some point they're going to leave this Afrobeat space and cross over into other genres. So it's, it's definitely overwhelmingly positive.
0: All right, that's all for this week. You've been listening to Nothing Is Foreign. Our producer is Joyta Shangupta. Our sound designer is Graham McDonald, with help from Yvette Sin. And our showrunner is Adrian Chung. Nothing is Foreign is a co-production of CBC News and CBC Podcasts. Willow Smith is our senior producer and Nick mccabe Locos is our executive producer. Our theme music is by Joseph Shabison. If you like this episode and you want to help new listeners find the show, please take a second to rate and review us wherever you're listening. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CBC Podcasts. I'm Tamara Kendacker. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you back here next week. For more CBC podcasts, go to CBC.ca/podcasts.